Hi, throw me. My name's Tom Atkins. You are listening to Horror Homeschool. Welcome back to Horror Homeschool. I'm Chris. And I'm Ashley. How are you doing, Ashley? I'm good. Sleepy, happy Thanksgiving. but I'm Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, even though you don't celebrate <laughs> right that. I'll send you one of those Thanksgiving USA cupcakes that I found in Aldi. That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> USA Thanksgiving cupcake. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, so it's Thanksgiving there uh, tomorrow for you, right? No, okay. today. Oh, it's today. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I've got you up at 6 a.m. for the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Um, and then tomorrow is Black Friday, which is... Oh, don't remind me. The worst day in retail for all retail workers. <laughs> don't even get me started about oh, the... God. Would it be irony of of Black Friday? Like, the day after the day of thanks, or supposedly the day of thanks? Oh, don't man. get me started. <sighs> I hate retail during the holidays it's, yeah it's been a literal nightmare this, this yeah. year because of people just on edge and being rude and I just want to hit them yeah it's been crazy in my work too and the most depressing thing is it's not even really begun yet like it's oh, just starting I know <laughs> so uh yeah <laughs> so you said it was did you say it was cold there today because I text you and you're like I'm just warming up or does that mean well, you're warming your vocal wake up tones. Cold I, I, keep, <laughs> I keep my house really cold. Uh, let's see what the degree is. It is not cold outside. It is <laughs> I mean, freezing it's, here. It's chilly. Let's see. It's chilly, but it's it's definitely not cold. It's supposed to be rainy all day. So it's uh, 8 degrees Celsius here today for us, and it feels really cold. It's 12 degrees Celsius here. Oh, so not that so much different. It's chilly, but mm. I'm like, I will, of course, would wear a sweater or my hoodie or whatever, but not. Yeah, I'm wearing my stab hoodie, my Welcome to Horrorland stab hoodie. Pro- very appropriate. Just coincidence, actually. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's bloody freezing here lately. Got the heating on. Um, but yeah, uh, so happy Thanksgiving for today. Thanks. We had our dinner last night and it was delicious. Yeah, so it looks good. All the cheesy goodness, cheesy mash. Oh, yeah, like those mashed potatoes actually came out really good at first. Like I was afraid, and then I put like double the amount of butter and garlic. Nice. <laughs> and then I put a whole bag of cheese in it. <laughs> you got it. It's got to be done. Yeah. Um, I've just watched the new trailer for that uh, Home Sweet Home Alone, the weird 
remake reboot. Have you seen that? I saw like clips and stuff of that. I'm not happy about it. I'm very angry. It looks terrible. It's I mean, for me, it's like the worst possible thing imaginable. Like it's one of my favorite Christmas films of all time. Home Alone. Oh, mine too. And I then... feel like John Hughes would raise up from the dead right now and strangle <laughs> whoever made that. Definitely. I mean, this is just like it's not just like shittily redone, but it's shittily redone with a British kid. So it's just absolutely awful. Oh, he's British. <laughs> yeah. The the kid is British and so is the mum, but they're in America. Um, and oh, the, I want to go punch those Disney people. <laughs> Remaking Home Alone is the most atrocious thing that you could possibly do. Yeah, it's it's like you don't touch it. It's sacred ground. I mean, it's like uh, Back to the Future or something like that. You just don't remake it. Um, but the the robbers are are a couple as well, a, a woman and a man. Um, and it just, yeah, it looks bad. I mean, obviously, it's it's not for us. We're not the target audience. We're thirty uh, something, um, sados, I guess. Yeah, we we just <laughs> bought the new ho- or not the new. We just bought Home Alone on was it four four K, Blu-ray. Nice. We just bought it on Blu-ray because uh, one of our stores had some Black Friday sales going on already, so we bought a whole bunch of movies. We got oh, Elf. Sick. Oh, and cool, cool. Scream in four K. Oh, nice jealous yeah but before we get into this episode i've i want to do a bit of housekeeping on some of the previous episodes um so in the halloween kills episode i mentioned how um well we were talking about big john and little john and with the pitchfork thing Mm -hmm. and i was like i wonder if that's a nod to any of the the halloweens and i was like no it's it's friday the 13th i'm thinking of however it is a nod to halloween 5 because he does actually use pitchfork in that um and yeah i we haven't spoke since i've recently like re-watched all the halloweens again um i don't want to go into it too much until we discuss them next time i guess but um it'll be a while till we re- revisit that so i thought i'd mention that um a few of my rankings have changed um so after watching like all 11 films I've changed my mind on like so many of them. <laughs> like, first of all, I've been wrongly holding up H2O on a high pedestal for many years, and also Rob, Rob Zombie films. Um, they are not good movies. <laughs> I think I watched them like a long time ago when I was in sort of um, Rob Zombie hot topic mode. Um, but now I'm a bit older and wiser. <laughs> They're just not not my vibe, I guess. Um, well, I haven't watched the second one yet, but I mean, I enjoyed the first Rob Zombie one. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it was just kind of yeah. I didn't I like the nineteen seventy eight one because it's like it doesn't go into any backstory. Like when yeah, you start going yeah. into backstory, and this is gonna sound really insensitive, but when you start getting into going into backstories, like you start to feel feel for Michael and you're like mm-hmm. oh but he was just a messed up kid and da 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 so you have empathy for him yeah whenever in 1978 you're just like oh wow this guy's just a straight up killer <laughs> yeah exactly exactly I mean I like I say back in the day I enjoyed sort of like the backstory and I thought it was I thought it was cool the way it was done I mean they're entertaining movies but at the end of the day they are very irritating 
Um, and the, all the characters are extremely obnoxious and very Rob Zombie-ish, you know, like, it's just like a House of a Thousand Corpses kind of vibe. And, um, yeah, I've never seen any of those. It's not my, it's not my, not my bag anymore. But anyway, I'm digressing. But yeah, I just wanted to say <laughs> that um, I put their movies on a pedestal and I've now changed my opinion. Um, and I've also changed my opinion on Halloween 5. I feel like I've been unfairly harsh on it over the years along with Halloween Resurrection, um, because compared to 2018, um, I kind of enjoy those movies more. And and also, actually saying that, 2018, I enjoy more after watching Halloween 6, the one with Paul Rudd. So I was like, you know what? I always rank that one above it, but it, 2018 is actually a better film than that. <laughs> it's actually a terrible film, uh, The Curse of Michael Myers. We're going to have to rewatch all of them and, and see what my, my yeah, uh, favorite ones it, are. It's it's going to be interesting when we go into all those, because like I say, the more I watch them, the more I change my mind on them. Um, I mean, compared to you know some of the other movies in the franchise, like those supposed bad ones are masterpieces. But anyway, that's... That's me digressing. Just wanted to tell you about that. But um, before we talk about Scream 2, I want to talk about um, Scream 1. So on the last episode, I actually missed out some Scream trivia. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, when I saw Matthew and Skeet at the Khan. They were talking about, uh, well, someone asked them, did you ever play Ghostface? And they said that um, the only time that they actually played Ghostface in that movie was in the scene where he's creeping up behind Randy, you know, when he's on the couch, he's watching Halloween on the TV at the party. Mm -hmm. So they took turns in playing Ghostface in that scene. So (laughs) there's there's probably like maybe cuts of them both in that scene playing him, which is cool. Cool little tidbit that I wanted to mention. I, I, uh, well, last time I tried to, when I watched it, I tried to, um, like, study their heights <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to see like if they like go along with the ghost face stuff but i felt like the ghost face was the same height yeah i mean but. i'll definitely study that scene next time i watch it just to see if it's like a short looking ghost face and i know it's skeet but um yeah something else that popped into my head like when i was watching scream i was like you know like at the cons like you get all these guests that like played Michael Myers, like stuntmen and whoever, you always get like these guests for Michael Myers, um, Jason Voorhees, Leatherface, you know, all mm. these horror icons. But you never see a guest where it's like, oh, I play Ghostface in Scream. You know, like, who are these people? And why why don't people want to meet them? Why are they just unknowns? Do they are they just like, I don't know, are they regular stuntmen? Interesting, yeah, maybe. Because I know that, like, Michael Myers and Jason, you know, they have, like, a certain presence and they, they, you know, they sort of have to portray that, um, that slasher icon. But I don't think Ghostface is any different because, like, it doesn't matter who is Ghostface in any of these screen movies. They always play it the same. Like, the frantic, sort of clumsy, scary, fast, mm-hmm. you know slasher and i think that that's obviously that takes a, a bit of talent to to play it play a ghost face you know um so i'd be interested to actually know if there was like 
one guy that played Ghostface a, a lot more than the others or whoever did it. In fact, I should have done research for this film to find out who played <laughs> it, but I didn't. For Scream for I will. I'll, I'll look into it and see if I can answer my own question there. Um, and I also forgot to mention last episode that hilarious scene um, with Dewey eating the ice cream because I posted that on my Instagram. <laughs> like, just that scene where he's got like, vanilla ice cream and a cone. It's not vanilla, it's strawberry. And um, just the way he's eating it just makes me laugh every time. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Have you ever picked up on that? That it's just a really strange, comical way to eat an ice cream. I don't know. No, I have to go back and look at that. But oh, I don't know. Just strawberry ice cream. Gross. <laughs> I like strawberry. In fact, I think that's my favorite flavor. What? Oh, no, no, no. Mint and chocolate chip. That's my favorite. Okay. So, side note. When you come <laughs> to Texas... Yeah. I'm going to give you all the great ice creams that we have because yeah, we only have like four flavors here in the UK. <laughs> um, we have we our vanilla, own like chocolate. <laughs> Texas has their own ice cream. Okay, it's not really oh. sold anywhere else. We have the creamery here, and one year it shut down because of something. I don't know. There's some disease or something. <laughs> something got in the and cream. Texans went wild like everybody <laughs> freaked out and was so upset and ugh, it was terrible but anyways <laughs> scandal at the creamery yep it was terrible <laughs> that sounds like blue. um sounds like an emo emo song or an emo band like panic at the like, disco <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like panic at the disco <laughs> <laughs> actually that's isn't panic at the disco named after a smith song i'm sure it is oh probably that sounds about right yeah. Um, Scream 2. <laughs> Scream 2. There we go. Uh, 16 minutes. <laughs> not, not bad. That's better than our hour in the last episode. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, Scream 2, released in 1997, just one year after the first one. And again, directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. That's crazy that it was only released one year after. So they must have yeah. just... They realized that it was going to be a out. hit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it must have been... I, I didn't look at the, the takings for the first one, but I imagine it was a very successful movie. And um, Well, Wes, it has, like, a beautiful cast. It's and... a perfect movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, the synopsis for Scream 2 is is as follows. Two years, so it's set two years after the first one, even though it came out a year after. <laughs> nice. So two years after the first series of murders, as Sydney acclimatizes to college life, someone donning the ghost face costume begins a new string of killings. So nice, simple, concise synopsis. I like it. Um, now, I know that I said I'd do the trivia for this one, uh, but I've honestly been so busy with work, I've not had time. <laughs> However... I did pick up on some crazy facts from watching the Scream 2 commentary. So Nice. Let's just go off of those then. Yeah. So this is the, the craziest one. It requires me to send you a couple of pictures. Um, can I do that on Messenger? Yeah. Is that okay? Right. So so the original ghost... So I, I never knew this. I, and I can't believe I never knew this. The original ghost face mask was actually a random Halloween mask made by Fun World. Uh, for their Fearsome Faces line. 
So it already existed before oh, the wow. movie came out. Uh, and screen producer Marianne Madelna, Madelna, uh, she found it at a house that was being scouted as a potential film location. So she, it was that mask was just randomly there at this house, and she just picked it up and went, "That'd be cool for the killer to use in, you know, in this movie." Hmm. Um, and this was the mask that she found. Uh, so this is the original. Fun World Fearsome Faces mask. And it was glow in the dark as well, which is really sick. Um, So, yeah, she was like... Oh, that is cool. She was like, cool, this is the perfect look that we want to go for. We'll use this mask. So... Better than using a whole white... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but due to... It says here, due to the late pre-production inspiration for the killer's mask... Um, so KNB EFX was contracted to make a mask that resembled the the fearsome faces one, uh, because they didn't have like the rights to it. They basically had to make one based on that, um, uh, and so it was the KNB mask, which is this one. So this is the one they made for Scream One, um, and this was actually used in the very first scene with Casey Becker. Um, however. Uh, Wes wasn't happy with the way that that mask looked. And yeah, it looked kind insi- of uh, goofy. Yeah, <laughs> so he insisted on the on using the original Fun World mask. So they got the rights to that mask and then used uh, that one for the rest of the movie. Um, so it's it's called the the Weeping Ghost mask. That was the original name of it from the Face and Faces line. And there's a whole range of other ones as well. That's I awesome. I didn't save the picture, but if you type in Google, I'll throw these up on the Instagram so everyone can see. But if you just type in Google, um, fun world, fearsome faces line, um, you'll be able to see like all the other ones they brought out. And they're all like different colors and stuff like that. But yeah, the the weeping ghost one was the one that was used. So that was really interesting and awesome, I thought. Um, But yeah, and you can actually buy that original vintage fun world mask on ebay um they're going for around 300 dollars. but wow that is like a grail item for me so we'll discuss this movie in our new format we'll do like initial thoughts then we'll go through the movie scene by scene talk about it what we liked what we didn't favorite kill favorite scene favorite character and then we'll do overall thoughts okay so what are your initial thoughts on scream 2 um, I think it's a great sequel. I mean, mm-hmm. again, beautiful, beautiful cast. I mean, I feel like this one has a more attractive cast than the last one because they're in college and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I you think don't think I, so? I, I think I fancy more of them in the first one. Yeah. Well, it had like, um, obviously, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar. And... Oh, fuck yeah. How did I forget about her? Obviously. <laughs> She just um, what's his rules, face from Dawson's Creek? What's his name? Oh, Pacey. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's then, his real name? I can't remember. Yeah, so... Joshua Jackson. That was it. Had a Portia um, from Arrested Development. And I can't remember the other chick's name, but she was on what? Um, the Urban Legend movie? Oh, uh, Rebecca Gayhart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, the very, very attractive... Um, stars and i don't know i just really liked it as a sequel like I, and i like the you know just the whole vibe of the movie is really good yeah 
I second all of that. I mean, for me, it's not as good as the first. Oh, of course not. It's a fucking excellent sequel. Like, yeah, it's got some great horror, like plenty of scares and jumps. Um, it's good got, kills. Oh, it's fantastic kills. In fact, they really ramp it up for this one. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's more kills and a higher body count than the original. Um, some nice gore in this as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got some great horror in it. Like, um, and and the mystery plot is like silly and fun. And there's actually like a lot going on in this, like which actually mm-hmm. makes it maybe more engaging than the, than the original. Um, like it's got well, some... especially since you kind of already understand the concept of what's going on, um, and so you already you're already on the edge of your seat, yeah, like, going in because you already know like the whole the whole premise. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and it's got some like clever. An original like turns in the storyline mm-hmm. like like it, it, it expands on the original but it provides enough to keep you guessing with this one um it's got some great like ghost face stalking scenes as well in it and i love that they the way they use the school campus um like to set up the scares like i touched on it in the last episode but i've always been obsessed with like american campus and and all that, that whole experience, and and this one that they, they they go into the sorority houses and all that, that is just it's fascinating to me. Like I just mm-hmm. love anything like that. So I know that, me too. That element is is really cool for me. Um, I think there's actually like a couple of things that this movie pulls off better than the original. Like we'll get into it more later, but uh, there's some really good like creepy and chilling scenes in it. That's mm-hmm. that scene, like with the killer in the car in the front seat, like oh man, that it's just scene is so really, intense. It's spectacular, like the the way that it's done is so is so great. Um, but I mean, there is a couple of minuses. Uh, there's not as much comedy. Um, yeah. With the with the absence of Stu, that's a given. Um, and we'll get into it later again. But I thought the killer's motive isn't the best. No, not um, at all. But you know, saying that, there is a lot to love about this movie, and it's one of my most watched ever. Um, and that's partly due to the fact that I watched it three times in the past week. Uh, let's get into it then. Okay. So, opening scene of the movie is the theatre premiere for Stab, the movie within the movie. Um, and Wes gets even more meta in this movie. You know, like, we watch the characters attending a screening of a movie based on the events of Scream 1. So it's like, <laughs> and I love it. I love the whole stab thing. You know, I'm wearing a stab hoodie right now. I've got stab merch coming out my ears. I just, I love the idea it's, of that. It's so funny. Um, is, is is meta? That's what it's called, right? Meta? Meta, yeah. Okay, yeah. I love how meta it is. Meta, yeah. <laughs> meta. Is it meta or meta? Meta. Well, for you, it's it's. I'm can't do an American accent. Meta. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's meta. Your American accent makes me laugh. <laughs> it's meta, y'all. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're How like uh, the what was it? The girl from Stranger Things. Her American accent, like Godzilla, was like the worst. Which Millie Bobby was- Brown. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's actually British, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she is, but her American accent is just so just <laughs> exaggerated. 
yeah so the stab stuff is is great um real clever writing there from kevin williamson that um, whole scene just stresses me out though like yeah. <laughs> it, it reminds me of what you were talking about about being in the movie theater everybody's on their phone and all this stuff and it just like oh, i would never worse. this is like 10 times worse people are like screaming and running through the aisles and throwing popcorn and like... did they used to do that stuff in the 90s like have those big premieres and stuff like that I like i don't know i mean or is that just a movie thing that's got to be a movie thing, right? Because I always thought that's an American thing. Like, because I'd, I'd watch that and think, oh, I guess American audiences are fucking crazy. Like, maybe that's just what they do. Um, but so that's not what happens <laughs> at movie theater in America, no? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, given I was a kid in the 90s and I didn't go to the movies very often, but I don't remember, like, any of that stuff. It's just... Man, if I went to a movie theater and they were acting like that, oh, Lord, let me tell you. <laughs> I'd walk back out. I'd be like, no, I would nice. walk out and <laughs> I would be raging. I mean, saying that, I'm I'm trying to think of an experience at a cinema where I've had where there's like crazy shit going on like that. And the only thing I can think of is when I was a kid, I went to go see Small Soldiers at the cinema. Do you remember that movie? Yes, I love that. Um, Yeah, great. I mean, I've not watched that probably since then but i remember it being great um but i went to watch this in the lake district at this tiny little cinema and um i was the one that was being a dick but it was me and my friends that we were like crawling down the aisles and pretending to be army men we were like fully like just fucking around like we punted you into next (laughs) week (laughs) i was the dick so maybe this is karma now it's it's come back to me um every time i go to the cinema something happens but but no i mean i wrote down in my notes i'll be disappointed if opening night for scream five isn't like this um but then i, I quickly changed my mind on that because if this is what scream five premiere was like and i was sat there and i was about to watch this film for the first time and this shit was going on and people running around screaming <laughs> i would not be happy you know, the, no, the, the costumes, cool, great, yeah. Free, free ghost face costumes, awesome. Everyone wearing them, great. But just shut the fuck up when the movie starts. <laughs> None of this, well, like. And then they do get quiet, and then she, and then the uh, one chick was her name, Maureen. That dies. Which, She's like which one? Uh, the black chick. In the oh, the Will Smith's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she's like saying something, and everybody's like, "Shh," and I'll be like, yeah. "Did you just shush me? Because you guys are being loud as." Yeah, I'd exactly. be so bad. I, I go through those scenarios in my head, but like I used to work at a movie theater, and I would get people complaining all the time about people being rowdy in there, and be like, "Well, okay, well, we'll go tell them, give them one warning, and they don't stop, then they kicked out without a refund." Yeah, that's the way to go, definitely. Um, but yeah, this this scene is great, regardless of all those uh things that provoke anxiety in us mm-hmm. watching this. it's a it's a fantastic scene very well done um and you know i i love the fact that you know i love the meta commentary uh, and before they go into the theater as well i also like the the, the discussion between um jada pinkett smith and her, her boyfriend about how slasher you know she was like i don't want to see a slasher you know they're just dumbass white movies mm-hmm. some dumbass white shit getting cut the fuck up <laughs> mm-hmm. and i just love that little 
little bit that they just threw in there. I was like, you know what? That's that's a great call. And I like that that was like, you know, it was a, it was a bold way to start a movie. I love the way that they were making fun of themselves there, uh, you know, and also acknowledging the lack of diversity in the first movie and mm-hmm. like horror movies in general, you know. Yeah. Even yeah. though maybe this movie goes on to sort of prove that um, by just having like two token black characters rather than a black lead or, you know, whatever. They do. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But still, I like the fact that they acknowledge it. Um, and then we get to the bathroom scene where the dude gets killed through the cubicle with a knife in yeah. the ear. That's um, pretty cool. It's it's That's a cool scene. Cool. And yeah. again, with a little nod to Black Christmas, I think, with um, the, the creepy gibberish that Ghostface is like whispering, like very reminiscent um, of what... I'll have to watch what, Black Christmas. I'll watch it. Uh, <laughs> you've, you've got to watch it this year, definitely. Um, it's It's like the first proper slasher. Uh, but yeah, I I believe Wes uh, and John Carpenter took a lot of inspiration from Black Christmas. Well, speaking of John Carpenter, I felt like the um, that whenever Ghostface goes to sit down with the girlfriend, mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a nod to Michael Myers because of his theatrics. You know, oh, whenever he yeah. comes in wearing the yeah like the Bob. sheet, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, so that's a good call, yeah. Yeah, I wrote that down. I was like such a Michael Myers thing to do. I was like, he likes his like theatrics like that. Yeah. There's a scene in Halloween five as well, where, um, where Michael is actually uh, again, impersonating the boyfriend of somebody. And he puts on a mask that it's not the Michael Myers mask. It's, it's, uh, well, they call it the brute mask. Um, I think who makes it, it's probably Don Post or someone, but he's wearing that mask. Um, and he, he actually drives the girl in the car like around and she asks us to stop for cigarettes and stuff. And he's just posing oh, as I, the boyfriend I I this that. entire time. <laughs> and like um, she even like kisses him on, on, on like the mask. And she kind of looks at him and he's like and she's like, whoa, this is creepy. And she kind of knows something's a bit off. But yeah, again, like you, you're right there. It's probably a nod to, to Michael and his imposter boyfriend theatrics. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's just funny that, you know, she's getting murdered and everybody just thinks it's like part of the the publicity. And yeah, there's a part where her blood sprays onto a a chick and the chick's like looking at her arms and she's like (laughs) confused for a second. She's like, is this this a real thing? Is this what's happening? Yeah, it's it's a fantastic sequence that because like obviously she gets killed by Ghostface, but everyone around her just thinks that they're fucking around like the rest of them, like playing, like killing. And um, the, the the moment when everyone starts to realize that it's real is a great moment. Like you say, you get that girl that's like, oh, there's blood on me. Like, is this real? And then she slowly makes her way to the top, to the, you know, the screen. And then she just lets out this like blood curdling scream <laughs> and just hits the deck. Such an epic moment. Like, I think that's probably my favorite kill in the movie, just because of how like how it was done, how epic it was and iconic. And it's just crazy too, like how brave, you know, Ghostface is to do this in front of oh, a lot yeah. of people. Just that- in- you know just blatantly just in front of so many people but he, he knew that he could just 
you slip in unnoticed you know it's, it's the perfect place for him to do it you know right surrounded it, by a load of people with the same costume and it goes to show like the level of psycho that he is starting yeah. from the beginning or they are sorry excuse me they are i mean at this point i'm i'm gonna say it's mickey because mickey yeah. was the, the the film guy obsessed with 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 it all well um, and plus his stature like you know yeah. how Definitely big yeah. he was and able to sit down and her think that it was the boyfriend. Yeah. But this is like a this is a Mickey play through and through mm-hmm. because he's thinking, This is perfect. This is the premiere for Stab, you know, the the, the murders uh, the movie based on the murders that I'm gonna mimic, you know, like mm-hmm. it couldn't get more perfect um for him to debut his first kill. Um so it's just it's a great it's a it, it's great to set the stage for this movie and set the tone for this particular ghost face we're going to get in this movie. But yeah, after she like, she lets out the scream and she hits the deck, then like there's a moment of silence and then you get the titles burst onto the screen and like the two like rips through and it's like, it's so sick. And then we get like our first taste of like another great 90s soundtrack with that Eels song, Lucky Day in Hell. So good. Oh Yeah. Yeah, this one has a really good soundtrack. I was writing yeah. about it too. Yeah, it's fantastic. In fact, I'll read out the, uh, the the track listing right now, just while we're on the subject of it. So we got "Scream" by Master P and Sick the Shocker, which is the one that plays when the credits roll um, mm-hmm. after the Less Than Jake song. I think it's uh, it's like a rap song, um, but obviously they made it for the movie, and it. it <laughs> I don't want to do it, but it goes like scream, uh, something like that. It's like it's quite terrible, but that that's probably the worst one on the on the soundtrack. Um, then you get "Suburban Life" by Cottonmouth Kings. Oh uh, yeah, "Rivers" by Sugar Ray, great track. Uh, "She's Always in My Hair" by D'Angelo. I think I remember. Um, I'm sure Sadie said that she loved that one. And then you get Dave Matthews Band with "Help Myself." Of course, Dave Matthews was very huge in the 90s. Yeah, you know what's funny? Dave Matthews' band was not really a thing over here. Well, aren't you lucky? (laughs) Honestly, the only way that I know that name is through, like, Hotel Transylvania, that quote. Like, have you seen that movie? Yeah, I'm trying to remember it, though. When when he's like, I've got tickets, two tickets to Dave Matthews' band or something like that. But I'm sure that was, like, the first time that I'd heard that band mentioned um so i don't really know him or them so is, is dave is dave matthews the singer in his band yeah and yeah he's the singer and then they have a couple like quote-unquote hits and stuff like that they've just never been my i never really liked them i don't know there was just something weird about their their songs so next we've got she said by collective soul nice um, i like collective soul great track but i'm not familiar mm-hmm. with collective soul at all yeah they were really big in the in the uh teenage 90s scene over here um they sound very creedy and christian yeah yeah creedy. which i love I, I love creedy christian stuff it's the best creedy christian <laughs> oh, fantastic creed are fucking amazing dude creed is the best with arms wide open and like What's the other big hit that they did? Um, oh fuck! What's it called? My own. There's my own prison. My sacrifice. My my sacrifice. Kevin's over here rolling his eyes at me. What? 
<laughs> Ask Kevin what's the big song they did. It's it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember. What's um, the that, what's the big main song that they did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was one last breath. My sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yeah, it must be my sacrifice. I'm thinking of with but, arms yeah, wide got, open. With arms some... wide open. <laughs> with arms wide open. <laughs> Can you take me higher? <laughs> oh, higher. That's it. Higher. higher. Which one was it? I said higher one that I wanted to do. Ever. I wanted to walk down the aisle to. Which one was it? Was it higher? I think it was higher. I think I said, I told Kevin I wanted to walk down the aisle to higher. Oh, <laughs> and I, I wrote it down on a, on our old fridge at our old place one, <laughs> one time. And it was like there for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stand by that. Like that is amazing. That is a goal. I would love to walk down the aisle to hire. I don't think Abby would let me, though. It's the greatest song ever written. So great. We should put that at the beginning of this song. <laughs> I'll put it as the outro. Sorry, um, Daniel, but um, you're replaced by Creed on this episode. I don't even know oh, why. Yeah. Creed aren't even on the soundtrack. They're on the, Not they're on on the this one. soundtrack, Creed's on though. on the on the third one. Oh, then the third soundtrack. Yeah, yeah there's are. a music video, and it has Dewey in it. <laughs> Oh my god, I've got to watch this. So you should but watch that, it afterwards. What's yeah, we'll up? talk okay, about so it next episode. All right, yeah, so Scream, Scream 2. Um, enough Creed talk. <laughs> we'll have another, uh, we'll have After Hours where we talk about Creed for the Patreon. How many How many listeners do you think we're going to lose because we love Creed so <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> if you don't like Creed, then I don't want you to listen to this podcast. Sarah said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay so next up we've got the john spencer blues explosion with right time wrong place nice um that then we got on at my job a lot oh, oh does it? yeah <laughs> didn't the john spencer blues explosion have a song called bell bottoms oh i have no idea because no that is clue. a tune i'm sure it's them um foo fighters with dear lover great mm-hmm. track um tonic with eyes of sand Everclear with the swing, great I, song. That, I love that. Isn't that? Um, I wrote it down somewhere. I just love Everclear so much. Yeah, yeah, right. Everclear. I said Everclear underline yum. <laughs> yeah, definitely yum. Again, so nineties and awesome. Um, then we've got, in my opinion, the best track on here. I think I love you cover by Less Than Jake. Yeah. So so good. Um, then another amazing one that we've just mentioned, Look, Your Lucky Day in Hell by Eels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I think it's on every Scream soundtrack. Rightly it so. better be on the new one. Oh, it better be. <laughs> it's the Scream song. It has to be. Um, then we've got One More Chance by Kelly and The Race by Ear 2000. Wow. I bet they never did another song <laughs> with a name like that. <laughs> um okay so that is that's the soundtrack amazing amazing great uh, a cd that i listen to a lot cd what am i talking about i've got playlists now it's cool uh, but i do own the cds i own all the scream soundtrack cds just to have as a collector nice. but i've burnt them onto my itunes so yeah i play them on my iphone um god i sound like such a fucking old person then so where are we up to now let me just see uh so yeah so we start the movie God, we've not even started the film yet. Um, 
so Sydney and her roommate they're at college, um, and Sydney receive a crank call, uh, and she's on top of it, like she's got that thing that identifies who's calling them, and she's like, you know, I can see your number, your name's this, blah blah. blah. So she's cool with it. She's dealing with the trauma and all the attention she's receiving. She's way stronger than me. Yeah. Yeah, she's fucking badass in this. Um, so, and, and then we get some Easter eggs in this scene. We see the Freddy Krueger jumper. Um, and also, did you know that writer Kevin Williamson is in this scene? He's, in, he's on the TV. He's the talk show host. Uh, he's the one interviewing Cotton Weary. I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah, so I did get some facts. The, the, the commentary was fantastic with this, actually. Yeah. You can, um, if you search for it, it's on YouTube. Um, it's uh, it's Wes Craven, uh, the direct, the producer lady uh, that found the mask, and uh, an editor of the movie as well. But it's a great, great um, commentary if you want to check it out. Um, I'll have to. And then, and then we get uh, the first time we see Randy. He's in his film studies class. Yeah, that's get, a great scene. It's a great scene. It's basically what we're doing now, like dis- discussing movies to each other. And I would have loved to have attended like film class. That would have been oh, so yeah. cool to do this as like an education thing. Um, the only person that I know that has actually uh, done film studies is Abby. Um, oh, really? So That's cool. she's more qualified to talk about movies than anyone I know. Uh, and ironically, she loves terrible movies like Twilight and stuff like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Rob Zombie Halloween. <laughs> but Twilight's one of those movies where, like, it's so bad that you have to like it. I'm going to have to give it another go, I guess. I watched it like, when I was, like, too cool for everything. So If you, if you have watched any of the um, interviews with Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson about it and you can just tell how much they hate it and you go in with that mindset watching it and you can just see the level of effort they put into acting terrible right right like I they did it on, that. on purpose okay okay like they didn't take the that. movie they didn't take the movie seriously at all because I watched it through uh, an unironic lens I didn't you know I didn't get that. I didn't. I tried to take it seriously, which I shouldn't. Maybe. Yeah. No. You can't. Um, you, unfortunately, you cannot take that that movie seriously whatsoever. There's so many, and and there's like blatant bloopers, like just. What though they kept in there? Yeah. In the movie, in the final. I don't book. know if they did that on purpose, but there are. There's so many. <laughs> wow. Just like. What is that? Okay. <laughs> like, why did they leave that in there? All right. I'm gonna have to Anyways. give it another go. Um, but yeah, so in this film studies class, we've got, like you said before, an amazing cast of beautiful people. We've got mm-hmm. the Queen, SMG. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a cameo from Pacey of Dawson's Creek. And this is the first time we see Mickey here. Yep. What's, um, what's that actor's name? Mickey or Pacey? Yeah. No, Mickey. Uh, Mickey's name, I don't know, actually. He was recently in um, uh, The Mandalorian season two. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. I he was really good. Um, oh, you need to check out The Mandalorian. Like, that's a great Star Wars show. Oh, you're not into Star Wars much, are you? Mm, not really. Not as much as I should be. His name's Timothy Oliphant. Right. He's been but in yeah, a lot of stuff, too. He's good in this, actually. I quite enjoy his performance. It's a proper hammed up, like... 
Oh, yeah. um, Oh, he was in Justify. That's what it was. So I was going to ask you, like, with with the conversation they're having in this uh, film studies class, they say, you know, about how do movies influence killers in real life? What's your stance on that? Um, No, because I feel like if that was the case, we'd have a lot of, you know, jigsaws and... yeah. And hostile type stuff happening. Yeah. And, We'd have way more um, Hannibal Lecters. People would just yeah. eat, eating people left, right and center. <laughs> and so I feel like these, for some people, not everybody, but yeah, you know, I, these movies are sort of an outlet of that pent up aggression so they can watch it and, you know, have Saw as their favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. Kevin's not butchering people. No. He watches Saw, but he doesn't go out and mass murder, or does he? I mean, just, not that I know of. If, if he yeah. goes out at night, I'm probably dead asleep, <laughs> and I don't know. But, he you sticks know, on that Michael he, Myers mask and goes out. As long as he doesn't, like, kill me, mm-hmm. I'm fine. Just go do yeah. whatever you want to do, man. <laughs> just don't <laughs> But no, but I, yeah, I'm so... totally... I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, I believe that in cases it, it may, because I feel like some people... Um, might be unstable and and think that's like more reality than it actually is. Mm-hmm. You know, if some if someone's already on the edge. Um, but I think in general, with with a developed mind, absolutely not. You know, however, some people are, you know, so, some people are born just to be evil. You know, right. like Michael Myers and and serial killers in general, they're just born evil. They don't watch a movie and think, right, I'm going to be a killer now. It doesn't happen like that. I I do think, though, that, like, horror movies could be dangerous for impressionable people to to watch, you know, i.e. young children. I'm not saying that it'll turn them into killers, but it will scar them if they're (laughs) that certain type of kid like me. Like Uh, me. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, Um, no, and I mean... Because if if movies were that influential, then, you know, there'd be a lot of different things happening. Um, Absolutely. So Um, I I feel like there would be a lot more. Well, there probably is, and I just don't hear about it, but a lot of people who do, like, the jackass stunt stunt stuff. Oh, I did did all that. Like, (laughs) yeah, saying that, you're just disproving everything we've talked about now. Okay, well, I. I, I took jackass like... and made that my life with my friends when I was a teenager. Yeah, In fact, the... we did you do all filmed... the dangerous, dangerous stuff. Well, not the proper dangerous stuff. We just did like the stupid stuff, like drinking loads of milk and making ourselves vomit and stuff okay, like that. Okay, so that stuff is fine. Um, like, let's not. I'm talking about the. We, we did like push the limits. We, we'd like. I mean, I used to strap my wakeboard to my feet and surf down the stairs and stuff like that. Um. And yeah, we actually, I filmed it on my old camcorder, like so, so 90s, like there was a proper tape in the corner, in the, in the side of it and stuff. And uh, I called it Jackass, obviously, because it's the the British version of ass. Um, but that was me. I was the British version of ass for doing this. Uh, in fact, there's, yep. still, there's still a dint in, in the hallway wall from where I wakeboarded down the stairs. And uh, if anyone's listening... That was there when that happened. We'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh my god! But yeah, okay, I, well, I yes. truly let just disprove it everything. But however, I'll counterpoint this with saying that Jackass was a reality thing. 
it wasn't script scripted and That's well true. I guess it that kind of was. True. Do you know what I mean? It was real life stunts and um yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um I was gonna ask you their discussion about sequels. What is the best sequel? Terminator um, two. So yeah, you know what? I haven't seen the Terminator films in so long, so I couldn't comment on that. Um but in general, like yeah, sequels aren't as good as the predecessor. Yeah. Um, however, the one they don't mention, I know they do mention it later on, the Star Wars uh, mm-hmm. one, Empire Strikes Back, uh, that is better than the first one, in my opinion. But um, Randy does say uh, it's part of a trilogy, completely planned, it was intended. But it wasn't, actually, in fact. I'm, I'm film schooling Randy here. Uh, the very first Star Wars was meant to be a standalone movie. What? It wasn't meant to be anymore. It was meant. It, that was why it was called. It was called Star Wars. There was no like A New Hope or anything like that. Um, it was re- later retitled that. But yeah, it was meant to be one-off Star Wars the movie, and then it was so successful that of course they made more. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not just more. <laughs> yeah, there were like nine more or t- 12. How many oh, Star Wars films are there now? A lot. There's just so much. And then there's the books and the cartoons and the yep. comics. And I, and... I consume them all. I'm currently reading and watching all Star Wars in chronological order. I need so to do that. If anyone questioned on how much of a nerd I am, that's how much of a nerd I am. <laughs> <laughs> My chronological mom's Star Wars. watching all the Marvel movies in chronological order. Oh, we are too. Um, I've never done to... that. I need to. We're up to Infinity War. Um, oh, wow. Hopefully we'll finish them before the new Spider-Man comes out. Looking forward to that one. That looks really awesome. I need to catch up on all that. Um, for me, my biggest nerd thing was, and I don't have them anymore, and I regret it, but I had um, a Star Trek with a Doctor Who crossover comic. Oh, nice. My old coworker had given him to me years ago, and I do not know what I did with it. I've moved so many times since then, but they were so awesome. I had a, a Star Trek Green Lantern crossover comic. <gasps> oh, that's cool too. <laughs> yeah. Funny though, I've never really been a massive Star Trek fan. Never been a uh, Trekkie. I like Star Trek a lot better than I like Star Wars. Whoa. Yeah, I'm that's sorry. That's rocked our friendship to the I... core. You're a Trekkie. <laughs> what the like hell? Fanboys and everything. Oh, I don't think I've seen that, no. <gasps> okay. Do yourself a favor, watch mm. Fanboys because it's basically you. <laughs> oh god. So it's an attack on me. It's just them wanting to watch the movie that what was it? it came out in two thousand uh... Is it the Phantom Menace, the first uh, episode one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They're they're on a hunt and they want to watch it before it's uh premiered and it's just a whole bunch of shenanigans and then they get in fights with Trekkies and <laughs> I think I've heard about that. I've he- I've heard about that film get talked about a lot. It's like, really um, stupid. It has like um, Seth Rogen and um, isn't Will Wheaton in it? Yeah, yeah, is, he's in. Is the... George Lucas in it, or was he not involved? No. I, I kind of feel like there were some like big, big hitters <laughs> in there, like big, um, big names in in the nerd world. There, there um, is. There's a lot of really popular, famous people in there. Um, I can't remember. I know. 
one big nerd that'll be shouting at us now, and that's Ryan Horn. I'm sh- I'm sure he's seen that film and knows all about it. I love it though. It's so great. This guy has his van, and all anybody can listen to is Rush and. <laughs> Sick. <sighs> Danny Trejo is in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sequels. Um, what are be- what what sequels are better than the original? Um, I know Mickey said Godfather Part 2, but... I've never seen I've, any of the Godfathers. I've never been a massive fan of them. I mean, I, I appreciate them for what they are, but I'm not really a uh, gangster film kind of guy. I can't... Um, like, I like them. Like, Kevin loves gangster movies, but, jeez, they just... They make me so sad. They're just so really? depressing. There's, like, nothing happy about them. No, there's no joy in them at all, is Have there, Have you ever really? seen, uh, like, The Departed? No. Fan freaking fantastic movie, just brilliant. But just it's just depressing. It's just like, hmm, I feel like being sad today. I'm gonna put on this movie. <laughs> I tell you what, one I did like, and that was Legend. Um, you know the the British gangster one about the Cray twins with uh, Tom Hardy. Um, um no, that... but that sounds amazing because I love Tom Hardy. Oh, oh, you got to check that out. He, he plays the both the, the Cray twins. Have you heard of the Cray twins? No. They were like really notorious British gangsters. Um, and yeah, it's actually a, very well performed by him in that film. But that's. Because he did really well in uh, Peaky Blinders. What was he Sam Hardy like... in that? Yeah, he plays like a, a Jewish gangster guy. Mm. And uh, freaking awesome. So good. That show, I'm about to rewatch it right now because it makes me just. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> well, yeah, moving on. But before we do, like, another gangster thing. Uh, the only gangster like show that I like is The Sopranos. I think that's sick. See, my brother said that I should watch it. And so then Kevin was like, oh, I'll just watch a couple episodes, see if you like it. And he's like, nah, you're not good. It's going to be too heavy for you. Sometimes those shows are really heavy. And... Oh, yeah, it is heavy, definitely. But it's it's, just... it's very well made. Yeah, it's just hard. It's it's really hard on on my emotions. <laughs> yeah, we just want to watch some fun slashes, ninety slashes. Yeah, there you go. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't think of off the top of my head about the sequels thing, uh, but yeah, as a rule. I mean, I get... liked, um, definitely like Terminator Two. I guess Matrix doesn't count because it's also a trilogy. I do, see. I don't agree with Randy there. Because I don't either, really. <laughs> it's, that's a null and void point because as soon as you can start making sequels, you, can you know, make any it of is going to become a trilogy at some point, or you know. Yeah. In fact, Godfather was a trilogy, so yeah, yeah that, so Randy, that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense, Randy. You don't know as much as you think. You <laughs> and something else about Randy in that scene, um, you know, the bit where he he stands up, he sees Sydney at the door. And he stands up and gets his breath spray out and mm-hmm. says, I'd let the geek get the girl. Apparently that took him over 20 takes to get right. Um, and <laughs> in <laughs> in that movie, like apparently Randy, I don't know, his, oh, it was Jamie Kennedy. So yeah. Jamie Kennedy was really difficult to work with on that movie. He kept messing up his lines so much. You know, that scene where him and Dewey are talking about who it could be, and they're mm-hmm. sitting at the table. Um, apparently that took so long to get right, and they had to use multiple angles for the different takes because ah, he geez. kept messing up with lines. So, yeah, I think... His the... head was not in the game. 
yeah, the producer um, said, oh, because when he came on the screen, she was like, oh, yes, Jamie Kennedy. Difficult to work with. Good guy, though. <laughs> Is that why they so, killed him off? Or was he well, already... I don't know. <laughs> I think Kevin Williamson probably had already wrote the script at that point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you, you couldn't tell, though, because his performance is so great in that movie. In fact, yeah. he's my favourite character in this film, definitely. Like, he just, he's on a whole other level in this one. I just love his analysing, like, the the horror sequel, and it, it, this is where all the rules come into play. Well, actually, mm-hmm. he, he does mention the rules in the first one, but it gets expanded more on in this one. And I, I like the way that he's, like, he's almost like the consultant, like... Mm-hmm going on here because he's a horror movie guy what's going to happen next but I, I love that whole angle that he brought to it and I thought he was great in this um, I actually like Mickey a lot as, as my favorite character in this one just really just watching um, basically just watching how like calm and normal he acts around them mm-hmm. and then and he's always pointing on... the finger as well like other people yeah. so we have Randy walking out with Sid and you know that random like British accent yes that, that irritated me that irritates so, me that was ad-libbed and he was actually doing an impression of one of the film crew who was British oh. so maybe because he was sort of struggling with his lines he just he found that easier to to work with by just coming out with that line in an accent I don't know <laughs> it's really funny because it's funny that it annoys me, but me and my sister will talk to each other in different accents <laughs> all the time. And I don't know if it's like, we'll just say, just like have conversations and stuff with it. I don't know. Maybe it is like a, um, like sort of a, you hide behind it. Yeah. In order to say yeah. Stuff. Almost like a safety blanket because you're yeah. doing someone else's voice and it's not like, you're not serious when you're talking oh my God. in a different so voice. People. But, yeah. <laughs> And then at that point, after he does the the British thing, um, so Sid's new boyfriend arrives, yeah. Derek. Um, I think he played this very well in this I movie. I loved him too. He yeah, was, he was great. He he was very suspicious and very well played. Like and you couldn't you couldn't tell. Like he had no no innocence or no guilt look. Yeah, but then again, this is something that I got from the um the the commentary. Uh, they they mentioned how he, he plays it so well. When you watch it back and you know the outcome, you know he's not the killer. It still works because he still feels genuine to Sid. But the first right. time you watch it, he does seem suspicious, and you're like, well, no, that's definitely the guy. But so, you know, you can view it from both angles, and he plays and he does it, it so well. Yeah, either way, yeah, mm-hmm. he seems like the concerned boyfriend and the suspicious killer in the same way. <laughs> it's clever. When you think about the the psychological aspect of this kind of thing, like this, just like how was she able to have a boyfriend so soon? I mean, yeah, yeah I know it's two <laughs> Some years. Some people are like that, though. Some people oh, just good. rebound after rebound, don't they? Well, I'm just like, golly, I don't know if I could ever trust to have yeah. another boyfriend again after, you know. And then and then she does. She goes through that process yeah. where she's like, oh my god, is this happening to me again? Yeah, and it's um, very well played by her too, because like, right, you, you, you believe it all, and it all feels real, you know. Yeah. For like a campy slasher, 
it's it's very well acted you know oh yeah for sure i mean she herself is phenomenal she looks amazing in this movie too her short hair her brown lipstick yeah you know she's a lot more she's super toned in this movie too Mm -hmm. like she took time to get in shape just in case anything else ever happens and yeah the producer mentioned how um it was a conscious decision from wardrobe to put Sydney in all n- sort of neutral earthy colors uh, so she's always wearing brown or like mm-hmm. like a dark green and all the other characters are sort of there's a lot of blue in this a lot of the suspicious characters wear blue mm-hmm. and then all the sorority girls are wearing like pink sort of and bright purple, like pastels yeah yeah so uh, that was a conscious decision from wardrobe to sort of ground Sydney in sort of earthy colors yeah and like yeah. um I don't know. I really like the costumes in this one because it's just mm-hmm. just fantastic 90s aesthetic. It's just oh, so yeah. great. It looks great, doesn't it? But I, I like how um, in that scene, like Randy, like so clearly hates Derek. Oh, like it's so good. He's like, he so even... close to them when they start kissing and it makes me <laughs> so uncomfortable. <laughs> he I'm doesn't like... even look when he arrives. He's like, and here's Derek. And he just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like so pining after Sid. He's... So pining after her. Yeah. <laughs> he went to the same freaking school as she did. And they're not even yeah. in, what, California, are they? I don't know. Where is this no, at? It's I not in Woodsboro. No, I don't remember. Because I remember she was, like, they were talking about, like, um, in the beginning. Like, oh, yeah, this is about the movie that the kids were killed in California. Yeah. Um. So I don't know where they are. But, uh, yeah, so, so introducing Derek. And then Gail so comes on the scene. Gail there. comes in. Oh. Um, yeah, so she comes to cover the murder story that happened at the cinema. Let me let me tell you about how much I love her aesthetic in this movie. Oh, like, fuck yes. She looks amazing. She, she has the red, cool black chunks, yeah. short hair, dark makeup, black outfit. She's just like corporate goth. Yeah. Straight she, up. She looks like... It looks like she's trying to be sophisticated, but at the same time, like real, Edgy. like yeah, just just so fucking cool. I look yeah. fancier in this so much. I, I think so cool. this is probably my favorite one with her yeah. in it, and I think I mean because of course we all know the third with her, <laughs> the bangs, butchered hair. <laughs> just like there's like a Buffy episode where she has butchered bangs like that, like only Buff- one a episode. Buffy episode. Yeah, I don't remember. It's later. It's in the later. Oh, Courtney Cox. No, no, no. But Buffy has butchered bangs like Courtney. Oh, Cox. right, right. And I'm... there's just one episode, just one. And like in the next episode, her hair's different. And I'm like, why right. were they? What were they thinking? Because they're not even <laughs> cute baby bangs. They're just. They look like she took. Like whenever kids take scissors to their own hair, that's what it yeah. looks. Yeah. It was yeah. It was a weird moment in the nineties. Yeah, uh, but, but her coming bowl. in this. And then she gets slapped by Sydney. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! That just when you think she's not gonna, because it's it's the fake out. It's like, whoa, I'm moving back. You're not gonna hit me again. Yeah, like, she just turns around and slaps it her. Sucks her. Yeah, and I, I like um, the new cameraman here. Yeah, Joel. I was gonna say that he he brings a lot of comedy relief to the. Yeah, he's my favorite comedy element. Definitely, he's got some great lines, and again, some of those are ad libs. Nice. Um, but I love the way that he plays like the. The level-headed, sensible black man, where mm-hmm. he's just like, you know, brothers don't last long and shit like this, and like, 
I want to get the fuck out of here, basically, yeah. the sensible guy. That's me that. right there. I'd be like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and then she's like, well, it's a job. And I'm like, no job is worth, <laughs> yeah. worth that sh- stuff. Yeah, so, so I like I like the introduction of, of those two. That's a good yeah. little dynamic in this. Um, and then we get introduced to Debbie Salt, the second Ugh. killer, uh, the local paper writer. She's so um, annoying. I don't like that actress. well. The actress annoys me too. I don't know why. She does a good yeah. job with what she's given in this, so definitely. Yeah. yeah for we sure. also get um, Chief Lewis Hartley, who is David Arquette's father. Really? Um, That's cool. That's I didn't know that. The first time they've acted together on screen as well. And then you get Dewey with his hurt. Oh, yeah. Arm. Before that, though, um, I loved uh, Jamie Kennedy's line when, it, when they're like, looking at Gail. And he just goes, she had calf implants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. And then it like pans over to her legs and they're still. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. But before Dewey though, we get um, introduced to the sorority sisters. Uh, oh, so right. we get Rebecca Gayhart from Urban Legend and the blonde one. I can't remember her name. Portia something or other. And they're both gorgeous and great She's... in this. Portia's married to Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, is she? Yeah. Um, so they're the Delta Lambdas. Um, so I wanted to touch on the sorority stuff before we talk about Dewey. Okay, um, sororities are so weird to me. Yeah, they fascinate me. I mean, I know you're probably coming at it from the same angle. Although you're American, you weren't exposed to any of the sorority stuff. No, I didn't. Just, you were home it blows my mind. So yeah, it, it, it's fascinating. Like, like what is it for real? <laughs> like, what is the well, point? From what I gather, like comparing it to British stuff, right? When we go away here to university, we live in halls. That's what we call it. It's basically, and they're basically really run down, dingy flats or apartments that are near the, the university. So they're not part of any campus. And maybe there are campuses where you can stay in halls on site, but not that I don't know. But yeah, so basically, students here that go to university, they they they, they slum it in these uh, these dodgy flats, basically. I mean, I know that sometimes a load of students get together and they rent out like big houses, but again, they're big old creepy rundown houses, so they're nothing like these sorority houses on campus that you get here, where it's like luxury like mansions. I know, like. And then, of course, you have that other layer where it's like the Greek culty stuff. And it's just like, it's so bizarre. Like, <laughs> it's just always just like fascinating me. I know. It's I'd love to weird. talk to someone that's been in a sorority. Oh, you know what? I don't know if I've well, ever met anybody that's been in a sorority. Really? Because they yeah. get like, obviously, the, you see the necklace in this. So they get like jewelry with their. Um, yeah. Uh, this well i want to say symbols but it's letters isn't it greek letters um i'm sure there's like rings and stuff that and then they, they have these huge i mean okay so the, we're only basing this stuff off of obviously movies and shows that we've seen because we've never yeah, actually, maybe it's like, not real <laughs> i was gonna say maybe it's not as crazy as we think it is because yeah. you know we have the the parties and the hazing and the just you know fundraisers and you know thinking yeah. house bunny and Buffy and just all so that kind American, of stuff. like that is totally alien to us in the UK. Oh, it's totally alien to me. 
<laughs> it's so weird. Like, yeah, students get pissed here, but they literally, it, again, it's a budget thing. We're all, you know, we're all skimp. I mean, I've never been a university student, but, you know, they, they eat beans on toast and spend all the money on drink. You know, these these sorority kids seem like rich. Right. Like, right. it's a whole different society um, level. Um, and I'm like, who who pays who pays yeah, for all this stuff? Paying who, for all this. <laughs> is it the rich food? parents? I know, what? and I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand it. But like, so I mean, I went to uh, community college, which is like, uh, I don't know, like, I mean, community college is good and everything, but it's not like a university here. Mm-hmm. It's like you can get a degree in two years and then transfer over to a university. Or you can just use a basic uh, degree to do whatever. So I went for a couple years, but I just never was good at school. So, but mm. it didn't have nearly anything like that. It only was just like you go yeah. to class and then you go home or whatever. I just went to college and then dropped out. I was a college dropout. Yeah, same. <laughs> I was waiting. I was living at home, and my college was literally like five minute drive away from where I lived. Went for a year and sort of went off the rails personally for a while. <laughs> so that was my excuse. But <clears throat> my sister was the good girl. She went to university. She she went away to Bath, which is like way down south. Um, it's like hours and hours away from us. Um, so she lived there. Um, again, in like a big a big old house that was separated into flats. Um, mm. But yeah, that was I've never had the. Uh, the college uh, well the university experience especially yeah. especially on that level um, my siblings didn't go either and neither of my siblings or yeah none of us did but yeah if there's any um sorority sisters or brothers listening we would love to speak to you yeah. about your sordid past and uh yeah find out if any a... any of it is remotely real yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe it's not maybe it's all just for the movies um but yeah, so next we get the return of Dewey, Woodsboro's daddy. finest. Daddy Dewey. Um, sl- maybe slightly more daddy in this, but maybe not. He's got the weird limp, like you say, and he's got his, his hand, his arms, like at a weird angle. Yeah, but uh, like he's still in protective mode. He's still oh, like... In protective, yeah. I mean, he, uh, he went all the way there just so he could make sure that Sydney was okay. Yes. it's That is that is daddy behavior. It's finest, definitely. Um, <laughs> but I've got I've got a crazy fact here for you that I can't believe I didn't know again, and I'm I'm pretty sure that super fan Sadie from Welcome to Horrorland doesn't know either. But the music that they use for Dewey, that very distinctive score they use, mm-hmm. um, it's from another movie called Broken Arrow, which came out in 1996, and it's composed by Hans Zimmer. It's a it's a John Travolta and Christian Slater action movie called Broken what? Arrow, and they basically use that piece of music as a placeholder in the editing process. So when they were editing the movie, um, you know they just wanted to find a piece of mu- music to put there, and apparently when they were trying to find another piece or compose another piece, they couldn't find anything that matched the tone as well as that. So they bought the rights to the music and just used that wow like what the fuck like to me that's one of my favorite elements especially in this film like that score that dewey theme it's so distinct and it happens in the next one as well um i think it happens in screen four as well 
But to know that that was an original piece by Marco Beltrami is just crazy. <laughs> it's just this random piece from an action movie by Hans Zimmer. Like, what the fuck? Like, Hans Zimmer's good. Like, um, he's done some really good things. Like, the scoring, I think he did uh, True Romance. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Again, with Christian Slater. Uh, oh, you've got to watch True Romance. Great movie. But the, he does a score in that. I can't remember what it's called, uh, but it's uh, it happens at the end of the movie. And I think it's sort of laced throughout, but it's, it's a really awesome score. He's, he's a great composer. But yeah, to know that that wasn't an original piece of music is crazy to me. Um, and uh, yeah, Dewey's weird limp thing. Like, it gets less and less each film, doesn't it? Like. <laughs> Well, I thought that with him getting stabbed in the, um, pretty much in the same place he got stabbed in the first movie, didn't it, like, reset well, like, it or go something? away? Yeah. <laughs> Is that like when, when, like, a kid's cross-eyed and they get kicked by a mule or something, it goes back to normal? Well, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, no, because, yeah, because at the end where he's getting carted away, one of the paramedics is like, oh, it's a good job he had all that scar tissue. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the logic behind it. But I thought that was a weird um, decision uh, to to have him. I mean, Covered. I guess they had to show him, you know, injured. Vulnerable, yeah. Uh, from, from that, because that was like, well, you know, he, he could have, he should have been killed definitely from that. Do you... So I guess it, do you think he's going to die in this oh, fifth one? Screen 5? Oh, I hope not. I think he he probably will, though. It's, like, either, it's either going to be him or Gale, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, because, like, each movie, they get hurt. Yeah. And then you think that they're dead. Yeah. And then they're not. And then I'm, like, wondering, I'm like, okay, who are they going to choose? Yeah, it's going to they... be one of the three that dies. And they won't kill Sydney. They just won't. I know. They so won't. it's going to be, I mean, Gale and Dewey, I guess they're disposable now. They're not, though. They, well, they're not they, to us. <laughs> they add so much to the film. They do. You know? They're the heart and soul of these movies. And with them not I mean, ending up, like, if one of them dies, and, and it's just going to break my heart. Yeah, definitely. I will cry. I will riot and cry if, if one of them dies. <laughs> but, um, and then at the next part, we get uh, Cotton Weary. So it's his reunion with Sid, with the interview set up by Gale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Cotton Weary. I love his character. I love Lee Schreiber's performance as him. Um, it's it's just, it's so great. He's one of my favorite characters in this, in the, in the whole series. Well, in Scream 2 and 3. You see him a bit in the first one, though, don't you? Mm. Is it just on, the, just on the telly? Yeah, just on the telly. Yeah. But he's just got such a, a way about him. I just love watching him. I don't know what it is. Um, but then Gail gets another slap, like you said. Um, and then <laughs> I love the, I love the way that the camera, the, um, what is it? Sydney's roommate says, did you get that on film? And he goes, and yes, I got that on film. <laughs> and apparently that was ad-libbed. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliantly done. Cracks me up every time. Every time. So every good. Time. Uh, but yeah, then we get the reunion with Gail and Dewey. And like I said, they are the heart and soul of these movies. It's a brilliant scene. Like, so charming and hilarious. Page you know? 32. Yeah. 
<laughs> Amazing. Again, that took loads of takes, but of course it would. You know, just uh, an incredibly long-winded outburst. You know, like, mm-hmm. so well done. Like Where he's like, page 41, Deputy Dewey ooze with inexperience. <laughs> he's so so offended but you know that he he secretly likes it i I love um i love david arquette in these films because like Mm -hmm. apparently in real life he's a really wild person like really crazy like he's nothing like dewey dewey's like grounding down to earth and like caring and well i'm sure i'm sure he's caring in real life but you know what i mean like he's a completely different personality um but in this like you get a bit of the crazy eyes coming through and i Mm. like that (laughs) But he just, he plays him so well. I, I love that line as well. If you'll excuse me, I have some oozing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so many great one-liners in this. Um, oh, and then when he goes, oh, and one more thing, nice streaks. <laughs> yes, I love that too. It's like, yeah. So fucking good. I love that interaction. Um, and apparently um, it was this movie where they were falling in love in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the end, they were a couple. So, kind of sweet. Yeah. Sad that their marriage was... didn't last. I know because they, I just, I, they seem so right for each other. Apparently, David was going through um, a family grievance at this time when he was filming, and she really helped him out through it. So it was really sweet. Um, so we get to the sorority party next. Stresses me out. Um, why? Why does it stress you out? Just too many people, and then <laughs> just, ugh. and then we get to the scene. Oh well, what do they do? They're talking to Sydney. They like fawn over her. Oh, this scene where the the sorority sisters come up to Sydney, and uh, the blonde girl. I love this line where she goes, "Hi." No, I really mean that. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> so well written i love that it's just like obviously they're fake all the time to people but she's she really means this high she know, really she to, she's just like no this, re- this high is the most genuine yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking good um yeah what, what else goes on in this scene i haven't got much for this the next one i've got a lot to say about this though um but, so uh, it's the, cc so it's the Sarah Michelle Geller scene, the sober sister at uh, Omega Beta Zeta. Oh, I can't even say it. Omega Beta. Oh, no. um, Omega Beta Zeta. Omega, right? Omega Beta Zeta. You have to yeah, be American. Omega Beta Zeta. Omega Beta Zeta. And that that house is insane. Oh, like, it's that insane. sorority house. Like, yes. what the fuck? It's like a mansion, like luxury mansion. And. I just don't believe that students would treat this place nicely to keep it like that. Oh, no. Not at all. I mean, all... I know that they're supposed to have, like, house mothers and stuff like that. Yeah, like, she's the sober sister, so they have to, there's one that has to say home, say at the house. You know, they have all these rules. I mean, there's even, like, a sign that says no eating in the living room mm-hmm. as well. And it's like, kids would not obey those rules. Especially, I just don't understand. In the gonna UK, they wouldn't, definitely. <laughs> I wish I could have that sign in our living room because we've just got like new couches and stuff. And like, I'm, I'm going to have to ban Aiden from eating on the couch because like we, we had a film night and had popcorn and I found so much popcorn all over the place. And then there's one point he spilled his drink. And I was just like, I got up and I said, look, 
we're not eating on the couch anymore. It's 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 over. It's that luxury. Are you really it's that particular? Not well, well, listen. When I've got new stuff, I you know I've just got lovely new I mean, Halloween. Yeah, no, I get it. And a Halloween blanket, and I don't want that shit stain. So that's so funny. <laughs> you don't have anywhere else to eat other than our living room and our apartment. So. I'm a, I'm a I'm a rich middle class white boy. You know, I was gonna but, say like literally I have a we only room. ate on our couch growing up. I mean, but we never had new couches. We always had hand me downs or you know somebody was gonna throw it away. Did we want it? Type stuff. Uh, I'm I'm very privileged. So we have a dining table, and they must eat there. <laughs> I mean, we we did sometimes. It's just yeah. like we didn't really sit at it unless it was like a special get together or whatever um even like last night we were all sitting on the floor on the couch i mean our couches are now almost three years old but we bought them brand new and i, I think i got the um i made the mistake of buying cream <gasps> uh cushions and throws for the couches what is wrong with you so yeah i should have uh i should have got darker color but yeah i go in in the back room and eat my dinner on my lap but i have like a little tray that i put it on mm-hmm. um so <laughs> but there's one thing that i'd never do and that's something that cc does in this scene and that she puts her shoes on the sofa she's wearing shoes and then she like gets comfy on the sofa and it always gets me I'm like no that when is people, hilarious when people in movies put their shoes on, i on wear the... my shoes on my couch oh, all the time do you do it on your bed though as well no not on the bed oh it's just they've been outside you've walked in stuff outside and you're bringing germs <laughs> in onto the nice clean i i'm ocd aren't i i'm clearly <laughs> uh at my job we have uh some some uh like chairs or whatever you can sit in and people were people you know how people are they were not respecting these chairs at all and they were got so gross and so dirty that they ended up putting plastic over them <laughs> We have plastic peas on it. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not like constantly like if I'm waiting for Kevin to leave or whatever, and I have my shoes on, like you know, I'm not too worried about them being on the couch. But it's not like I come home and I just plop down and put my shoes on. I don't wear my shoes really in the house, anyways. Yeah. I just take them off as soon as I come in. Although I again I sort of bent the rules a bit because when I got Crocs, I wore them everywhere to begin with like i'd wear them outside to go shopping and stuff like that and then i come back in the house and i keep them on so yeah bit, I bit double shoes. standards i hate shoes and i hate <laughs> socks i want to be barefoot all the time but i can't oh no you're like a hobbit i, I am <laughs> I like when i was that. a kid i would run outside with no no shoes on i've been hiking with no shoes on they're not quite as tough as they used to be though because i'm city living now but Wow. Yeah, when I was a kid, I was a hobbit. But yeah, this is my favorite scene in the movie. It's a great um, scene. It's it's the classic telephone scene, like Casey Becker in Scream 1, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that Nosferatu is playing on the TV in the background. Yeah, and speaker. her name is Casey, so um, it's a huge nod. It is. I mean, it's so well acted and directed again. Like, there's great tension, great camera work, great stunts. Yeah, he doesn't really super play with her either. He goes almost straight into being like, you know, do you want to die tonight or whatever he says. Yeah. And you can, I and like, love it. she's such a good actress with her facial expression. Oh, she's so good at being scared. Her big wide eyes, like, 
in her lips, her pouty lips, and just yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) she's just amazing. Um, I just I love this scene so much. Uh, I I love the see-through telephone as well. Mm-hmm. It's like so nineties. Like I'm pretty sure I had something like that. Everything was see through in the nineties. I, I know I wanted one so boy. bad. Um, but then like obviously she just dominates that chase scene. It's so well done. And then like brilliant stunts where she's getting stabbed, and that is actually her getting thrown off that building. Um, apparently she was really scared to do it, even though there was a great big inflatable thing that she was landing on. Um, and she was like, I do stunts all the time in Buffy. I don't know why this is so scary, but it was it looked great, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. it really did. And you hear her scream from the top <laughs> to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and then when she hits the floor, that sick song comes on, Everclear, mm-hmm. the swing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he wipes the knife, the blade, with all the blood off. Like, so good. Um, who do you think it is at that point? Do you think it's Debbie Sol? Or, sorry, should I say Mrs. Loomis? Or do you think it's Mickey? I think it's Mickey. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah, he, he needs to be pretty strong to do that. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like it was Mickey most of the time. I so, don't know. I don't know what scenes I would think were Mrs. Loomis, other than maybe the one where Randy gets killed. That's that's Mrs. Loomis because she says, um, "You spoke poorly of my Billy, and I got a little knife happy." So that was her. And oh, also, yeah, yeah. you can see when she comes out of the the van you see the feet the shoes mm-hmm. and the shoes are actually more feminine not as boot yeah yeah you're right i, I do um, remember catching that yesterday but then yeah so we get everclear playing at the party and then we get the food fighters song as well and then did you know this is amazing this blew my mind in this scene matthew lillard can be seen as an extra in the background with bleach no. blonde hair so he's no, got bleach blonde hair. I did not know that. And it's sli- that. it's out of focus, so you can't really see it. But if you see this bleach blonde hair, that's Matthew Lillard. Uh, so apparently him and Neve were dating at the time, and he was just there, and they just used him. Um, that's so awesome. So funny. What a beautiful couple, too. <laughs> yeah. So beautiful. Um, I want like, have you seen Hackers? No, I keep meaning to watch it because I saw some merch come out for it. I've Pizza seen it did, and I was like, a couple cool. times, but I cannot remember it for the life of me. But I need to watch it again because I just saw somebody post a video and he's just beautiful. Oh, I need to watch every Matthew Lillard movie. I know. I want to watch every Matthew Lillard and every Sarah Michelle Gellar th- uh, movie. Oh, yes. That's a fucking, that's something to aim to that. Definitely. I'm going to like search all their movies and make a list. Yeah, and if any and if any of them are horror movies, we'll do them on here. Nice. And and, and if not, we'll still talk about them on here. <laughs> <laughs> um so after that happens, um the party scene ends because obviously they find out that Cece's being killed and uh red right hand starts playing. It's like, yes, vibe into that. And then have you ever meant have you ever noticed that when they're coming out of the front door of the of the party, um in in front of Sydney for like a second or two, like too long, there's an extra, like he's like a drunk guy with a popcorn bowl and he sort of stumbles and lingers in the shot for like way too long and he's got like a real stupid face on him. No, I never did. I'll have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, check that out. Um, so then we get the scene in the house where Sydney comes face to face with Ghostface. That's probably um, Mr. Loomis. I mean, Mr. Mrs. Loomis. It, yeah, yeah. And there's some great steady cam shots in this. Like, I love that it's all one shot where like she's walking around the house, 
and then she goes to pick up the phone and um, but and then it sort of zooms it, it shows Derek but he's outside the front door mm-hmm. and it's a great use of like the depth of field there like I love the way that you can see that these are all these are like real houses and people are stood outside you're still in the house but you can mm-hmm. see through the doorway like I love I think it's beautifully shot that um the funny thing is about about this scene at the end of it when she's had the ghost face chase you know where she runs into Derek mm-hmm. at the end so this is the first of three times that Neve Campbell bumps her head in outtakes in this movie mm-hmm. so in that one they both headbutt each other <laughs> and uh yeah that you can you can see that in the deleted scenes the outtakes uh, and we'll get to the other two um and then after that is the hospital scene uh we get a cameo from Wes Craven as one of the doctors in the background mm. so next we get the scene where it's all about the victims names and how they relate back to the original victims from the first one um which is promptly dropped um because it's never mentioned again yeah i know <laughs> it's weird it's like a weird new cool like mystery element that gets added and then it's just like eh, we'll just kind of forget about that um and then we get sid walking through the park with derek uh with her bodyguards um and then this is the second time that she bumps her head so she hit her head on a branch from that oh, tree geez. that they were walking under uh <laughs> And, uh, oh, that brown leather jacket that she's wearing in this scene um, is currently being sold on eBay. That I saw that. Jacket. I did, yeah. The Welcome to Horrorland posted it on their mm-hmm. Instagram. And it's currently at $12,000. Um, which, to me, that's cheap to me for a movie memorabilia from an amazing, uh, okay. iconic film. I'll buy that in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, so then we get the cafeteria scene. Where Derek sings that weird song by the Partridge family. Um, so do you do you know who the Partridge family are or were? Mm-hmm. They're a fictional family band uh, from the seventies American TV series. Now this is completely unknown in this country. I had no idea of this existence really? at all. <laughs> and for years, I thought it was from Top Gun because Mickey said when when she's like oh, what's he doing? And he's like, Top Gun. And I thought, oh, right, that must be the song that he sings in Top Gun. Um, but obviously it's not. And I think they couldn't get the rights to that song in Top Gun, so they used this one instead. Um, but Abby hates this scene, by the way. She says that it's one of the worst scenes in cinema history. <laughs> she says it's, you know, it is very cringeworthy, but... yeah. I I really appreciate it. I think it's fun. Um, and I would apparently, die if somebody did that to me. I'd yeah, be like, she, nope. She said the same. She was like, if you did that to me in public, I would get up and walk away. I would She's too. like, I would die. <laughs> I would break up with you. I'd be like, nope, this is in. Sydney loves it. <laughs> She's all about the PDA. She loves it. Um, yeah. But yeah, apparently it was incredibly hard to edit this scene. It was like the hardest scene in the film to edit because he actually sung it in real time. Usually oh, they'll dub yeah. over afterwards someone sing, you know, the actor singing. But he did it in real time for whatever reason. And it was incredibly hard to piece it together and keep the same tone of his singing because he did it in a different key each time. 
<laughs> and, and they said, oh, well, it adds to the charm of it, you know. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a weird scene, but it's crucial to sort of moving the plot along, I think, because you get that sort of that bond in between them and you kind of see that he's, oh, he's a genuine guy. He's just kind of, you know, he's true to Sydney. And he's he's given her the Greek letters, which is going to get his ass kicked for, mm-hmm. uh, which again another fascinating um, sorority thing. Um, so we get Randy and Dewey in the next scene, where they're talking about um, who the killer could be. But then in that scene on the TV is a documentary about Stab, and you get to see Tory Spelling mm-hmm. and Luke Wilson. Uh, play um, Sydney and Billy and I thought Kevin Williamson does such a good job of like doing his original script but in satire yes it's so great you know you get to see like the clip from that movie like Luke Wilson's playing Billy Loomis and he's got the hair and everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just so fucking good I love it Um, and then uh, Randy's comment where he's like, at least you got David Schwimmer about um, uh, about Dewey getting David Schwimmer to play him in Stab. Oh, yeah. So funny. Like, again, there's so many, like, nods to, like, what's actually going on outside of this movie in real life, because you get the comment about, um, it, it was just my head, it was Jennifer Aniston's body, you know, with them. Um, mm-hmm. That one, that was like, clever. The friends things mm-hmm. coming into it. So good. So this scene with Dewey and Randy, they're trying to figure out the killer and um, they're going through all the suspects and like commenting on like horror movie tropes. And it's like, well, if I'm a suspect, you're a suspect. Like, I right. love that whole that whole dialogue back and forth between them. So good. They're like, uh, well, then no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I love love that scene. Um, and then we get Joel and Gail. Um, where he's just like, like I said, brothers don't last long in situations like this. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. And then you get the first look at that Woodsboro Murders book by Gail Weathers, uh, which I have a prop replica version of, displayed nice. with all my scream stuff. So cool. Um, and then we get um, the scene in the theatre with the weird Greek play. Um, now I don't like it. I don't oh, like that scene Me at all. either. It's to me. This is where this the movie drops. Like, I I don't know what it is. I don't like the Greek stuff. That it bores me. Uh, and plays and stuff like that does not interest me in the slightest. So, I didn't like that angle on it. I know what Wes was trying to do, and and Kevin they were maybe commenting on you know trying to take the higher ground with with horror movies and just say look they're actually more like Greek mythology. You know, mm-hmm. people just criticised them for being trashy or whatever, and they were trying to parallel, you know, their meaning to society and stuff like that, and and then, you know, slotting in Sid's narrative in there too. A little too on the nose, though, because what a role to put her in, you know, surrounded by people in robes wearing white masks. Yeah, I know, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but she put herself in there because she wanted to act. I mean, it was so on the nose, a little too coincidental and strange. Um but the music in that scene was actually composed by Danny Elfman, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, that. That's cool. And another cool fact about that scene, one of the people in the robes almost choked to death on the dry ice smoke you know, that comes out of the orchestra mm-hmm. pit, and they had to call an ambulance. Oh, jeez. 
crazy. Uh, yeah, so that scene, not crazy on that one. But then we get to uh, the scene in the campus quad. Um, and obviously the uh, the Jennifer Aniston's body thing with the nude photos, that was funny. <laughs> um, and then this is this is great, where the killer calls Randy and then they all go searching for him. And like everyone's grabbing anyone who's on a phone. Yeah, I thought that was really funny because I mean that was yeah. still early days of cell phones. Yeah, I love the fact that like the cell phones have got like a big long antenna that you pull mm-hmm. out, like in proper old school. I love it. I remember phones like that. They're like bricks. Yeah, great, great time. And uh, that's that stunt that David Arquette does when he tackles that guy. Like mm-hmm. it's just so great. Um, and then I love the scene by uh, I love the line by Ghostface here where he says. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? Apparently Roger Jackson improvised that line. Nice. And I love that too because he's like trying to come up with some chit-chat. He's like, what's your favorite yeah. scary movie? Yeah, yeah, he asks him that. And then he's like, well, I think it, it's it's Mrs. Loomis on the phone. Yeah. And then she's like, uh, oh, she, she's like, you'll never be the leading man, Randy. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> But he like exaggerates it so much. <laughs> yeah. Love that. And then he goes about uh, why are you trying to imitate these uh, high school students? And then that line where he goes, uh, Billy Loomis was a rat looking homo repressed mama's boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets pulled in the van. And She's like, killed. that's it. I've had it. Yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. I love that scene. So good. And um, sad that he died. He yeah, was, I was really know, disappointed in that when I first watched yeah. it. I was like, what? But I guess they needed to establish that, you know, nobody's off the table for kids. Right, yeah. But yeah. And then we get the library scene um, with Cotton Weary. Fantastic, great mm-hmm. performance by him where he harasses Sydney. I love his crazy and creepy vibe. I think he's so Yeah, because then you're like, okay, well, then it kind of, you know, directs your your thoughts to him and you're like okay yeah yeah he the killer but then it's like why would he if he was already wrongly um, convicted and then he's out why would he want to go back in and And then you're like oh well maybe it's like he wants the attention because he wants the fame like he wants a new story you know there's so many things that are pointing to him it's great um but in this scene apparently he he it was his idea to wear the college football hoodie because he thought Mm -hmm. that the cotton would try and fit in so he'd like wear a college mm-hmm. hoodie so it's pretty cool um then we get the police station scene where he gets arrested um then dewey and gail uh they go to watch the camera footage to try and yeah, figure this, out who the and this is was. where it gets cool this is where it yeah. starts to pick up again so they go to the school of film and again it's a really charming scene with them together um and it leads into like an almost sex scene that gets interrupted um, it's funny when he's got his hand on her breast still. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, um, okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, it gets interrupted because the other TV comes on and then it's like they see someone's real-time filming of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they turn around and, like, Ghostface is there in the projection box. Really cool little thing they did there. Um, yeah, and then, so, like, at that point, you almost have to know that it's going to be Mickey, but then it's, like... It, they made it blatantly obvious, but you still didn't see it because you know yeah. how he, he has the camera early on. And oh yeah, you know I never even noticed that because he's always he's, he is filming, isn't he? Yeah, it? he's filming everybody. Holy shit! 
it's, it's so well done. After all these years, I still haven't pieced it all together. Um, but the thing is with Mickey, like his character, he's in the background, but not too in the background. Right. So, but you, but he's in the background enough that you forget about him as a suspect. Exactly. And the I way think, that it's written, yeah. it's just so clever. But then uh, we get a really great sequence now where Gail gets chased into the recording studio with all the soundproof glass mm-hmm, windows. That was such a cool scene. Such a cool scene, like genuinely scary and tense. Like, and, and the real clever use of the soundproof glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and where, where Dewey's in the other room and he like has to grab the microphone to warn Gail. Um, it's so good. And like Ghostface, I think, is, is genuinely scary in this scene. Like, if you put yourself in that position, oh, yeah, it's scary. Um, and some great, like, knife swoop sound effects here. Um, and then Dewey almost gets killed. Well, he, he definitely gets killed in that scene. I mean, just look at what happens to him. I know. Uh, like, and then in... he, like, all the blood, like, squirts out of his mouth on the, yeah. on the window. But then before that happens, um, I always think that the pizza he stands on looks really yummy. Jeez. Oh, like, <laughs> I love pizza. I wish today wasn't Thanksgiving. I'd order pizza. <laughs> Everything's closed. Oh shit. It's just really, really well done. I I especially love the the soundproof parts. Yeah. It's like when it's again, it's like when you're in a dream and you're trying to scream mm-hmm. and you can't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's just it's cool how they. They use that kind of stuff in there. It's funny how you should mention the dream thing, because, of course, Nightmare on Elm Street. And mm-hmm. uh, this is something that Wes is so good at coming up with. And it's like concepts to frighten people and it taps into your imagination. You know, stuff that, you know, like you say, has happened to you in dreams and stuff like that. Like, he's great at coming up with these set pieces for movies and ideas that are actual scary things rather than just like a cgi ghost or something you know he comes up with cool inventive shit like that that set up a really cool tense scene in the movie yeah it's, so, it's just so good but then and then after that it just it just kicks off it just goes yeah we get we get Derek getting his frat punishment next so Ugh, he gets carried that, away that whole um, party looks terrifying too <laughs> But then, then we get the the car scene uh, mm-hmm. with with Sydney and her roommate and the two bodyguards, and it's a great action sequence. It is, and... but it just really irritates. I'm like, what is the point of having bodyguards? And I understand that he <laughs> yeah. surprised them, but good God, like this one guy took out both of these guys. Yeah, okay, yeah, pretty easily as well. Mm-hmm. But it's it, and it it leads to a great like horror suspense sequence like where obviously the car crashes and you get a nice kill where the dude gets like he gets driven over by Ghostface and then crashed and impaled through the head by a scaffolding bar great it's like final destination stuff that mm-hmm. yeah that's um, that's one of the cooler kills in the in the movie too because yeah. it, it does it gets more graphic and yeah I it mean was... yeah the first kill in the first one is pretty brutal but you know, this one is he just basically just doesn't care even if he kills himself at that point, too. Yeah. That's how psychotic he is. Yeah, definitely. But that I mean, you even get to see like when he's been impaled through his head on his mm-hmm. he's on the windshield, it's mm-hmm. like body's like twitching and stuff. It's like, whoa. That's, fucking, that's some good gore right there. 
Um, but yeah, when they have to like climb from the back seat into the front, and then and you th- you think it's over, you think they can just climb in the front, and then she's gonna let herself out the the driver the passenger side. But then the doors jammed, and it's like, no, we're gonna have to climb over Ghostface Mm-mm. and then through the window. And it's just so tense and brilliant. And then she tries to take off the mask and then she leans on the car horn. I know. (laughs) And you know what's going to happen every time, but you still think he's going to wake up. Um, I know. Grab her wrist or something. Yeah. (laughs) And then when they get out of the car, oh, before that, you think she can can let her out the back door, but she can't. So she's got to do it too. So you've got to go through it again. It's really great. And you think, oh, he's definitely going to wake up at this point on the second second one, you know. Um, but then they both get out, and then you think that they're safe. And then Sydney's like, oh, no, I have to go back. I'm like, got to go back. Yeah, take off the mask. Just run. Fucking, or, that, that would be me. That, I would have to do that and go back. I would the... actually probably have to smash his face in first a couple times <laughs> with the mask yeah, on just to make sure he's not going to wake well, up. Kill him. Yeah. Um, well, why not he's killing everybody else yeah yeah but then she goes she goes back and then she looks back at her roommate and he just jumps out the side and kills her i that know was... and then he kills um mm. what's her friend's name i have no idea i, I know i can't remember um because so... her friend in this one isn't as as memorable as um rose mcgowan you know oh no no way nowhere near us she was so fun um, so then we get Gail at the School of Film, and she runs into Cotton, who's just found Dewey, and he's covered in his blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she thinks it's him, and she runs off to the payphone, and mm-hmm. then Debbie salts on the payphone because obviously she, she loves it. She's like, yes, thing. yes. <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> so then she grabs it off her, and apparently that line took a lot as well, where the killer is Cotton fucking weary. Um, I think she said the fucking in it because she said it was easier to shout that rather than cotton weary. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that was cool. She thinks it's cotton. So then Sydney randomly runs into the theater and onto the stage for some reason. Do we do we know why, or does she just go in there looking for help? I think she goes in there looking for help. Wouldn't you go to a police station or something? I, just, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about these movies anymore. <laughs> but the music's playing and Ghostface is like setting the stage for the final act. Um, and, and then he brings down Derek tied up to the star. And um, yeah, so then Ghostface reveals himself to be... I know, the, Mickey! To be uh, the freaky Tarantino film student Mickey. Um, and then he really fucks with her and tries to convince her that it's Derek in on it too and mm-hmm. that he's the second killer which is really cruel like because no just, like that was an oh, extreme cruel yeah it's a great moment and then and then he shoots him and then it's really sad because like he actually seemed like a really good dude and like he would have treated sydney good you know <laughs> it's like oh derek you know he was a good guy mm-hmm. he really loved sydney and then Mickey goes, he's just the kind of boy you'd like to take home to mom if you'd had a mom. <laughs> I know. So this part right here is just really funny to me, too, because I'm like, OK, so who who did he study in order to become? It's like almost like a Riddler Joker-esque type. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, definitely. Cuckoo-ness. Yeah. 
You're definitely right there. I mean, he, he's he's trying to be a bit like Billy Loomis. Like, he yeah. does emulate that kind of Skeet Ulrich craziness. But you're right, there's something else in there that he's looked to. I, I'd, I'd like to ask him, if, we, if I met him at a con one day, who did you, you know, try to emulate or or try to look to, to, to perform in this scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his, his motive, uh, blame the movies, you know, the effects of cinema violence on society. I mean, sure. It's, I think it's more of a, a comment by the director and writer. I don't know how strong of an actual motivation it is. Um, yeah. but again, like I said earlier, if you're a bit tapped anyway, I don't know how politically correct that term is, but if you're a bit, on the edge anyway and you had that idea to do that then i guess it is plausible no that's true yeah but and then the second killer is revealed and uh as mickey says billy's mother <laughs> and then he yeah goes, the whole nice like twist. her getting surgery or whatever i don't know that was just kind of funky to me it's like why did she ditch <laughs> She ditched him, and then she comes back for revenge. Like, what is, you know, like, that doesn't make any sense to me, really. Yeah. Because, like, the whole thing about him was that his mom left him when he was, you know, young. And, and like, then she's like, oh, you killed my son, and you're saying all this bad stuff about my son. And it's like, lady, you weren't even in his life. Yeah, you, you were estranged, like, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I understand they had to make some weird twists. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Then she kills Mickey, um, who then shoots Gail. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like I like Mrs. Loomis's performance in this scene. Like, I think she pulls it off well. Um, you know, she she has a lot of exposition to do <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. But then they have a fight, like using the stage scenery, which I don't like. Um. <laughs> I, I was just thinking think... about that. I was like, why does that stage stuff look so much like a laboratory? Just like all these like, <laughs> yeah. like Doctor and... Frankenstein's lab. Yeah. Or something. Um, and also the, the the fake polystyrene blocks that fall, like they wouldn't be that heavy. That's no, I was thinking them, that right? too. And it just bugs me. It's like, well, what at this point? What are we trying to do here? Is it meant to be like realistic stuff happening? Because like you're on a stage, like this is all safe stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm sure. I guess if sandbags are falling, it'd knock you out. But yeah, not too keen on that final um, showdown. Nah. But then Cotton Weary comes along to save the day, and this is a great moment where he's like pointing the gun at them both, and he genuinely doesn't know who to shoot. For a split second, he really does think about shit. Yeah, he does. You can see in his eyes. This is why Leif Shriver is so great in this role, because you believe, like, this guy's motivations, and you can see when he switches, and, like, like you know what? He's crazy enough to do it. But And then at the end, obviously, when he, he's got hold of the gun, and she's like, give me the gun, Cotton, and he's like, for, like, a split second, he just kind of, you don't know what he's thinking, then he just goes, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll give you the gun. It's like, this guy's a wild card. You just don't know what he's going to do. Um, and then I feel like her, uh, uh, Billy Loomis' mom's death scene was like, 
in Halloween whenever she dies and her eyes are crossed because she dies and her <laughs> yeah, eyes are crossed. Yeah, the cross eyes. Mm-hmm. Before before he shoots her, we get the third head injury from for Neve Campbell in this movie. So <sighs> when her and Mrs. Loomis fall down, they actually ended ended up headbutting each other. Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> another headbutt. <laughs> it comes sad. in threes. Um, and then there's a couple more great jump scares here, where like Gail appears from the smoke below mm-hmm. the stage. And Cotton's like, is there any more of you down there? Like, you scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Um, and then Mickey jumps up back from the dead when, when she's like, oh, I don't know, they always come back. A brilliant scene, love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so the original ending, apparently Cotton and Sydney both ended up dead in this scene. <gasps> but the script was leaked on the internet, so they had to change it. Which I'm very glad they did. <laughs> oh wow, I didn't know that at all. Something else that was also changed was the next scene that comes after this one, which was later added, as originally Dewey didn't survive. So wow. you know, you know, he comes out on the stretcher and he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, okay, oh. All yeah. This. Um, that yeah, they added that later on because he didn't survive originally. Um, they were just going to kill off the whole cast. Yeah. Jeez. So that, that would have been a completely different movie. Yeah. And, uh, and then finally, we end with the, the zoom out shot. Uh, it was in a helicopter where they yeah. shot Sydney and then it goes across the school. She's, and... got, she's got some strength in her or something. Because, like, Hell if yeah. that was me, I'd be on the side of the... I'd be sitting down on the ground just bawling <laughs> my eyes out. <laughs> Rocking back and forth. <laughs> like, you would have yeah, to put she's me just in a, strolling through. a room for a bit. <laughs> she takes it in a stride. It's fine. Um, but yeah, this ending was originally meant to be different too. So originally Ghostface was meant to be in the bell tower. So you know where it zooms out? You're oh. meant to see him in the bell tower. However, when they recorded the shot, they later discovered that it was out of focus. So they had to use the test shot where Ghostface wasn't in the bell tower. Um, oh, wow. So they Because they were going to hint that there was a third person? Uh, well, yeah, I guess, or a third movie coming along, um, but I'm I I prefer this ending because I think that yeah, might I prefer it. all of the yeah, I think movies. that would have been a bit too cheesy and weird to have him in the bell tower, yeah, um, but I think that's why they have that weird, almost like a, a jump scare edited in after that, you know, where it's sort of it's like a, <laughs> I can't even describe it. It's like a it goes black and then it's like a weird like weird loud sound yeah do you you know what i'm talking about that weird thing that it's like okay that's weird meant to be like a a jump scare at the end for no no particular reason at all um but i love the credit sequence after this Mm -hmm. uh you know where they go through each actor with that awesome less than jake cover of i think i love you yeah so good i love that it's like when they're doing comedies in isn't it or something but it's so great. Um, so, overall, what your final overall, thoughts? Overall, I mean, I really, I really love, I really love this movie. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. it's definitely not as good as the first one, but it, it still, it brings you back to it, and you get the same kind of vibes. You get yeah. the same aesthetics. Yeah. You already have an established relationship with the most of the characters, so you're mm-hmm. already you're already like in there with them and yeah, so you're invested yeah. yeah so once once it starts happening you're like okay this is really 
really good. Yeah. And yeah, it has the agree. Che- cheesy shots and, you know, some storyline plot holes, but whatever, you know, yeah. who cares? <laughs> I totally 100% back everything you're saying there, too. I mean, I think it's a worthy sequel. I think the comedy's good. Definitely. Not quite as good as the first one. Um, the pacing isn't quite as good as the original either. Uh, but all in all, you know, it's a worthy sequel, very enjoyable, very watchable. Um, yeah. So um, before we wrap it up, a few shout outs I want to do. Uh, Ryan Horn, um, he said that they don't have pickles in cinemas in Tennessee. Hmm. So that's definitely a Texas thing. Did I dream um, up? Pickles. Hey. I'm like, I used to work at a movie theater. We had pickles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was confused. There was no pickles there. Um, and then a couple of new listeners we've got as well have been DMing me. Uh, Kyle from the Halloween fans group on Facebook. Um, he is truly a diamond in the rough. Like finding good people in that group is like finding a needle in a haystack. So <laughs> what's up, Kyle? Thanks for binging all our episodes. Thank you for joining us on this journey. And uh, Zebel Bro on Instagram, uh, he messaged me saying how much he was enjoying the podcast and he wanted advice on recording a podcast, which uh, you're coming to the wrong people here, guy. I mean, we spent, what, half an hour this morning just (laughs) trying to get ourselves ready. It's now now dark here, pitch black, because we were having technical trouble. I literally Um, could not remember for the life of me how I recorded last (laughs) night. So yeah, just just get a microphone and press record. Like that's all you need to do. Pretty um, much. <laughs> yeah, we record on Skype as well sometimes if our our audio on either side doesn't work out. So yeah, just use the the record button on Skype if you want to just a basic record. Um, yeah. So thanks thanks for listening, dude. Um, he also recommended Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is a movie that I've not I've, seen. I have I, seen parts and bits of it. It is extremely bizarre it's everywhere though that movie like i see it's, so much merch for killer you know clowns. what's so so funny is that it's kevin's mom's favorite like one of her favorite movies <laughs> really? but she only she's only maybe we seen, can get like, kevin's mom on the podcast when oh, we do that no. uh <laughs> it, it's she's only seen like the tv versions of it <laughs> right i'm gonna have to watch it at some point but to me it's it just very... looks way goofy it looks like psycho gourmet or something it's weird i I need to watch all of it from the beginning because i never watched it from the beginning i've seen like parts in the middle and stuff like that right um shout out to sadie and katie welcome to horrorland sadie Sadie was on the last episode and brought so much traffic to the pod oh my gosh Um, i know our scream (laughs) episode has now overtaken halloween kills as our most listened to so we're so stoked on the response. So I thank know. you. She thank brought you so a lot much. of new followers to the podcast, and I got a new a lot of new followers too. I got zero. You got. But... <laughs> <laughs> You're the favorite in the podcast. Everyone I don't wants know to hear how. about you. Honestly, everyone I speak to is like, "Yeah, love the podcast, but you should let Ashley speak more. You speak too much." I'm like, "I know, I know." <laughs> She has a nicer just, voice. She's got a cooler you're just accent. You're so much more organized and like <laughs> you plan better. And I try, but then like I'm fumbling and God, it's all right. Yeah. We're all we're all just fumbling at the end of the day. But um, you're the favorite of the pod, that's for sure. <laughs> um, 
It's fine. I like being the dark horse. It's okay. I've got I've got my own little fan base. Only a couple of people, but they're there. You're, well, you're my favorite on the podcast. Oh, thanks. You're my favorite. Oh. <laughs> um, Sadie, yeah. So thank you so much for always sharing the pod and promoting it on Instagram. And oh, you no, rock. Thank you so much. And everyone, go and buy some awesome horror merch from Welcome to Horrorland. Yes, yeah, especially now that Christmas on... is coming. Yeah, yeah. Find them on Instagram at Welcome to Horrorland. Um, they've got loads of cool stuff on sale at the moment. Uh, they've got Strangers t-shirts on sale. Uh, they've so also... awesome. I've not seen that, you know. And Sadie that... sent me a Strangers 2 t-shirt, and which is really kind of her. I've never I've not seen, seen Strangers it. 2, and I need to, but the first one freaked me out. Oh, I need to watch them both. I'll oh, put them on the list. Soon. Put them on the list and put them on the pod list as well. Okay. Uh, but yeah, also in the sale... Uh, a welcome to Horrorland is some Scream Three merch, one hundred percent cotton t-shirt. Oh, really I need one of those awesome. So bad, I need to buy that. And um, you can also go buy some phone grips. I have the stab one. I I've bought the got... Buffy one. Oh, you got the Buffy one? Yeah, I'm super excited for it to come. Sick. I've I've got all the Scream ones as well. Again, Sadie was really kind and sent me a load of those. And they do Lost Boys, uh, The Shining, Saw, The Thing, oh, great uh, Trick or Treat, loads more I can't remember. And they've also got a Dexter apron that you can oh. buy right now. Um, I've never seen Dexter, but it's it's very popular, isn't it? That serial killer. It is. Right? Um, he, the thing that I know him in is uh, Six Feet Under, which I loved. I need to watch that. I've heard it's good. Oh, Six Feet Under is so good. I think you'd love it. Um. Yeah, so, oh, and they also have an amazing Scream makeup bag, which I bought Abby. I know, I'm so and I love, it. I love the print on that. It's, like, so nice. I want it on a Hawaiian shirt for next summer. Can you imagine? Oh, my so God, sick. that'd be so sick. I'm going to tell Sadie to do it. Sadie, um, make a shirt. <laughs> so, also, shout out to our regular listeners and friends of the pod. John Howard, uh, Ash Bowker, uh, Daniel Cox, the composer of our outro. Uh, Ashley has sent me your horror homeschool T-shirt, so I will. Oh yeah, bring I need it. to update him. <laughs> I forgot. I will, de- <laughs> I will deliver it to you personally very soon. Actually, don't tell him, and I'll just turn up on his doorstep. Okay, I will. Really tell freak him. him out. Um, also, shout out to his girlfriend Ella Lineker. I know they both listen to the pod together, and super fan Ryan Horn, who I want to wish a happy Hanukkah for tomorrow, because this will come out on Saturday. So it was the first day of Hanukkah, the day after. And um, he bought some uh, some Hanukkah merch to wear, but he also posted some hilarious Hanukkah jumpers. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but they all have like these cartoon dreidels on and it says, this is how I roll. And he very oh rightly God. pointed out that dreidels spin. They don't roll. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> That's funny. So that really irritated him and, and amused me very much. Um, so yeah, yeah happy Hanukkah. This is how I spin. It <laughs> doesn't make any sense. And we can shout out to my mom. Shout out, <laughs> Ashley's you, mom, man. Cynthia McGann. Thanks and for listening sister. and supporting. Shout out, Ashley's sister. What's his name again? Bethany. Shout out, Bethany. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, Doc Longy on Instagram. He's always listening and sharing. And the meme king, Owen Smith. And shout out to our boys over in Nashville, Tennessee, Skeleton Crew. Head over to leolegacy.com for podcasts and merch. And if you want to hear more from 
the musical maestro and the composer of our wonderful theme song, Field Mouse. You're a mad genius. He's a mad genius. He is. He is a total mad genius. And you can go to offbrandmusic.com to hear more of his solo music. And go to oliverthwitch.bandcamp.com for his industrial band. Ashley, do you have any special mentions or shout-outs other than Cynthia or Bethany? Um, I will shout-out to my friends, Nicole in Kansas, and then my good, wonderful, beautiful friend, Maybe. She says she hasn't caught up, so hopefully she'll catch up soon. Sweet. Yeah. I have one one more shout-out. And I've left it to the end because I wanted to wind him up and fuck with him because he probably thought I forgot about him. Shout out to JB. So he's he's finally joined us on this horror movie journey after I painfully had to convince him to listen to the Halloween 1978 review because it's a a movie that he hates. And we have come to blows on it many, many times. Oh, I want to hear his thoughts on it. Well, he actually said that he understands our our take on it now and sort of appreciates the movie more after hearing us talk about it so that's a win that is you know in my eyes if we can help a hater have another take on a movie then you know our job is done so i'm happy i'm happy he's with us now um he wasn't listening because he hadn't seen any of the movies we talked about but um, yeah, that, but that's the point of the podcast. Just watch the movies and then and then listen to the show, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us, dude. And he also he mirrors everyone else's feedback on wanting to hear less of me and more of you. <laughs> uh, I'm trying, guys. I just feel sometimes awkward. <laughs> he said that every time I start talking, he shouts at the radio. So. <laughs> Sorry, and fuck you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for the support, dude. And go and check out his website, which I used to be a part of, talknerdy.uk. Podcasts and blogs. He's a very busy man. He's always up to something there. He reviews all nerdy comic book stuff. Let's go check it out. And we're also up there on the website. Um, so yeah, thanks for giving us that platform, dude. Yeah. Go and watch and listen to all of his nerdy film and TV stuff. Next episode, we will be talking about Scream 3. So make sure you've watched that movie, ready to come back and join us for the discussion. Go to horrorhomeschool.com for links to everything, including all our socials and where you can listen to the show. And there you will also find a link to Ashley's Etsy. Scroll right to the bottom, click on merch. Have you still got that deal up there, 20% off? Yep. You can buy buy whatever you want. Buy whatever you want, get it in your basket, and then type thank you, all caps, all one word at checkout to get 20% off. Let's go and buy some Horror Homeschool merch. I've just got a load. Ashley was kind enough to send me loads of Horror Homeschool merch. And uh, if, you, if you go over to Talk Shirty to me on Instagram, uh, you'll see me unboxing my Horror Homeschool Stop Making Sense parcel. Um, Your horror box that came completely damaged <laughs> it was totally soaked in, in the mail um, it, it's taken so long to get here because it got sent back and then it's been a real saga but anyway yeah, really. the, the main thing is Ashley was so kind enough to send me all this horror homeschool merch and a few other awesome bits and bobs and uh yeah thank you for that so cool You're welcome send in your comments and questions and feel free to dm us on instagram or facebook a lot of you have been doing that. I've been chatting back. It's great to have that interaction. So let's keep I'm it I'm always up. down to talking about movies or shows yeah, or music. Yeah, that's why we're here. 
yeah, anything. Do you put your feet on the sofa when you have shoes on? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> so email us, contacthorrorhomeschool at gmail.com. And personal social media stuff for me, you can follow me on Instagram at Chris J. Wakefield. And me, um, underscore, underscore Baberham yeah. Lincoln, <laughs> underscore. I was like, what is it? Oh, we geez. will be back soon with another episode. And remember, don't forget to set the alarm.